What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for kicking off your week with us. This is your Monday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. We're a sports ethos presentation, of course, and I'm your host, Joe Orico. You can find me on Twitter at JoeOrico99 and also at EthosFantasyBB. E-T-H-O-S Fantasy BB is where we post all of our new podcasts, articles, news and notes, and all of our baseball content in general. So make sure you're following over there. If you're not somebody who uses Twitter, go to sportsethos.com and you'll find all those same links. Now it is Monday, top of the show. I'm going to remind you guys, if you're not already subscribed to the podcast, I'd really appreciate it if you guys could go and do that. It helps you to get the show more conveniently every single day. You don't have to go searching for links on Twitter or on websites. You just get them right in your feed. I'd really appreciate also, if you haven't done so, uh, to hit us with a five-star review rating. Uh, That goes a long way in helping the show grow, helps out the algorithm. However the algorithm works, I'm not sure. But for damn sure, uh, you guys leaving five-star reviews and ratings really does help the show to be seen more. So I really appreciate that as we wind down and enter into football season. A lot more competition here on the podcasting side, so uh, your help is always very much appreciated. But today, we're going to be looking ahead to next year a little bit. We go daily here on the show, Monday through Friday, if you're not somebody who listens regularly. So we do have a little bit of wiggle room to sometimes talk about some different content. It doesn't always, you know, if you do a weekly fantasy baseball show, you kind of kind of just keep up with what's been going on during the week. Here we have a little bit more flexibility. So I'm going to be talking about five starting pitchers that I think have underperformed their metrics this season. But in general, they've actually been really, really impressive And I'm going to be very heavily targeting them in my 2024 drafts. Things can change. Players get traded. uh, Other players come into the rotation, move a guy down. Managers change. Pitching coaches change. Lineups get better and worse. There are different variables that will change, of course. But as of right now, and I don't see too much changing in terms of these five names, they're going to be guys that I expect to be a little bit discounted more so than they should be next year. And we're going to start off with Mr. Hunter Brown. Hunter Brown... I've thought I, I overrated him a little bit uh, this season in terms of where I ranked him uh, in my midseason rankings for sure. I had him as close to a top 20 starting pitcher, which was a little bit premature. I think next year we can actually see him hit those heights, though. If you're looking at the different metrics, the ERA, the FIP, the XFIP, the Sierra, they're actually really good. And the 423 ERA doesn't really tell you the whole story of how good he has been this year. A 328 XFIP and a 356 Sierra sixth best XFIP in the game, 10th best Sierra. If you guys are not familiar with those metrics, those try and tell you how good a pitcher has been without factoring in the actual results. Just looking at the quality of the pitches they've thrown, how good they have been, irrespective of the ballpark factors, the defense behind them, and other factors that are out of their control. He's been a top 10 pitcher in both of those metrics. His strikeout minus walk rate at 19.3% is also 19th in all of baseball. We're talking qualified starting pitchers here. Really good chance we see a breakout in 2024 for Hunter Brown pitching on one of the league's best teams. This year, the results haven't really been there for him uh, with that 423 ERA. We're still talking about eight victories, but I think there's another step forward that Hunter Brown can take. He is really high up in those metrics. You know, It's, it's going to sound kind of stupid, but to be top 10 in both of those metrics, it shows that you do have elite potential. The strikeout minus walk rate being nearly 20% is also a great sign that Hunter Brown is not even close to reaching his peak yet. So he's definitely somebody I'm going to be targeting heading into next year. I can't see him being too expensive either. This year he was going in the mid-200s in a lot of drafts, kind of the end of your 12-teamers, uh, closer closer to the end of your 15-team drafts as well, not somebody that had a lot of hype. I don't expect there to be a ton of hype next year either, just based on the actual results right now. 
he's in a position where he's going to be missing his next start. So I don't see that being uh, something they'll do going forward, especially for next season. He'll be in the rotation. He'll be getting those 25 to 30 starts, assuming he's healthy, and I think we should see uh, better actual results because the indications have been that he's been a lot better than that ERA has pointed to. A lot of people, you know, a lot of more casual fantasy players, will just look at your ERAs and your whips. Whip is important, more important than ERA, actually, but they don't tell the whole story, and that 423 ERA for Hunter Brown is very, very deceptive right now. Uh, the next guy, and if you listen to the show regularly, you follow me on Twitter, you see me talk about him a lot this year. That's Braxton Garrett. Braxton Garrett has a 4.08 ERA. Not that impressive, but a 3.08 XFIP would rank fourth among pitchers. Now, he's not, he's just shy of qualifying. He was a qualified pitcher for most of the year. Now, he's just short of the innings threshold, but he would rank fourth in XFIP and fourth in Sierra. His Sierra is at 332 and seventh in strikeout minus walk rate at 21.8. The results have not been there for Braxton Garrett, especially recently. He just hasn't been able to, I mean, he hasn't been horrible, but he has not been, you know, a top five pitcher. And I don't think anybody was expecting that, but the metrics show that the results are, and excuse me, not the results, the actual pitch quality has been there as that of a top five or six pitcher in baseball this year so far. The Marlins are an excellent pitching organization. By the time, And I was kind of in on Garrett last year. This year he's looked even better, I'd say, even though the actual numbers aren't as good, the ERAs and whatnot. He's been better this season than he was last year. And I think you give him another year in that organization to tinker with a couple of little things. And we could see Braxton Garrett as an ace in 2024. I really don't think that that's hyperbolic. I think that we can see him just expand on what he did. Not that he'll necessarily hit those indicators that he'll be a, a 3.08 ERA kind of guy. But I could see him as like a low threes ERA guy with good strikeouts. His control is incredible. The walk rate is, I believe, third right now behind Zach Eflin and George Kirby. I was looking at earlier. I don't have it pulled up in front of me right now, but the control is elite. The results have not been, but I do think that we are heading down the path of Braxton Garrett becoming uh, an SP1 down the line, and I think that we could see it as soon as next year. Again, the price is not going to be that expensive. There might be some people who are sharp who are going to be taking him maybe at the end of the top 200 picks, but I can't see him going much higher than 160, 170, 180 in a lot of drafts. We'll see, but I think that you'll be able to get him in that range and it'd be a very sneaky draft pick if you do. Now, his teammate, Jesus Lizardo, another guy who has not gotten the results he deserves this year, a 391 ERA with a 362 XFIP, 358 Sierra. He's also, and it's a common theme with all these guys, really, have allowed really high BABIPs in the 320 to 330 kind of range. 330 for Hunter Brown, 328 for Braxton Garrett, and 325 for Jesus Lizardo. Now, Lazardo has been really good most of the year. Right now, he is kind of struggling at the right time if you're somebody, well, not if you have him for this year, but if you wanted to invest in him for next season. We've seen a couple of bad starts, three bad starts in a row against Detroit, Texas, and New York. Hopefully, we get that cost pushed down a little bit for next year because Jesus Lazardo, the elite strikeout percentage, we're looking at a 28 29% K rate with the potential to be above 30 easily. He has shown that before. Top 15 in both XFIP and Sierra. I'm going to be buying in again. I, you know, the... For the people who have him this year, and I have a couple shares, it's not what I want to see, but you know, let him keep struggling down the stretch, and we'll just have that cost even more depressed than it will be as of right now. People, A lot of people, when they're drafting, will just look at ERA in previous year's rankings. If you look at the Yahoo Player Raider, he's 176th on the season. He's barely in the top 1,000 players for the last month because of his 666 ERA, 173 whip. It's been a bad few starts for Jesus Lizardo. I am still absolutely bought in from a long-term point of view. With those strikeouts, again, in a great pitching organization, I could definitely see him giving you SP1 numbers next season. I could see him as a top 10 starting pitcher 
he won't be ranked as a top 10 starting pitcher in my rankings or anybody's rankings, but I could see him returning that kind of value based on the strikeout rates, based on the ability that we've seen from him to keep the ratios down. Now, we haven't seen that recently, but that is still within his repertoire. I'm very much invested for Jesus Lizardo and Braxton Garrett. I think that organization, and you know, if you want to expand on that, Sandy Alcantara, you can buy in. Uh, it'll be cheaper than last year. I just think the organization does a really good job in developing pitching, and we should see uh, even better results from Jesus Lizardo in another year in that organization. Next up is somebody who is not going to be that cheap. He'll be the most expensive uh, man we talk about today in terms of 2024 drafts. So it's Aaron Nola. He's got a 4.49 ERA this season. The XFIP is 3.79. The Sierra is 3.81. He's still got a roughly 20% strikeout minus walk rate. Now, Aaron Nola, it's not analytical to put it in these terms, but sometimes we do see this. We saw with Edwin Diaz as well for a few years, the even year, odd year thing. If you go back and it really... I guess you can say started in 2019. He had a three, or even honestly, we can go back to 2018. <clears throat> he had a 237 ERA. In 2019, it was 387. 2020, it was back down to 328. 21, it was back up to 463. Last year, down to 325. And this year, back up to 449. I'm not that worried, though. And it's not really just because of the even year odd year thing, because that's not something you could really look at with any degree of certainty if that's even a real thing or not. But the velocity is still there. The walk rate is a little bit higher than what we've seen, but it's still 5.8%, still elite, still a very good 25% strikeout rate, which is one of the lower ones we've seen from him uh, going back to like 2016. It's still a very good strikeout rate. The walks will keep batters off base in general, even with the kind of disappointing year. It's only a 1.14 whip that he is allowing. There will be a bit of a cost suppression on him next year, like we saw heading into 2022, because people are, you know, it's very, what, are you, what have you done for me lately oriented kind of industry. Lately, this past season, this current season, Aaron Nola has not been somebody that returned value. You will get him at a discount next year. There's no reason for me to believe that he should be discounted beyond maybe the 60s or the 70s in drafts. And even if you get him at that point, I think you probably will. This year, was, I think he was going in the 30s and 40s, maybe into the 50s. But he'll go down a round or two based on his results this season, maybe even more than that. And I'm going to be buying up every share that I can beyond round five, round six. I think that there's a lot of value still in Aaron Nola. I think there's still very good team context. Even though that team is generally disappointed, they're still 65 and 54. They've still been a very good team. You give Trey Turner another year settled into that offense. You give Bryce Harper another year returned from his injury. Everybody else, the young guys, Bohms and the Stotts of the world, get to develop a little bit more. And I think that that team's going to be even better for next season. So I don't see any reason to fade Aranola based on what has been a poor 2023 season. I'm still very much invested uh, over the long run, and specifically for next year in 2024. Not that old of a guy either. We're talking about a 30-year-old. Not like he's on the decline or something. It's just a bad year, which we've seen from him before. I'm going to be buying up all the shares that I can heading into next year. Now, the last one is another guy that I've talked about quite a bit here. It's Joe Ryan. He's got a 4.43 ERA, which... It really just comes from these last few starts that he had. Because for the course of the season, Joe Ryan was one of the best pitchers, results-wise, expected metric-wise, anything, however you looked at it. Joe Ryan was one of the best pitchers in the first half. But because of a few horrible starts going back to, I guess, June 27th, uh, it's been pretty much all bad since then. There was a good start mixed in against Kansas City there July 3rd. But other than that, it was horrible until he went on the I.L., uh, when was that about, I guess it was about 10 days ago when he went on the IL where he has a pulled groin, I believe. But if you look at the results, the 443 ERA, 
it's it's not at all indicative of how good he has been this season. He has a 380 xFIP, a 344 Sierra, and his 24.3 strikeout minus walk rate is the third best in baseball behind only Kevin Gosman and Spencer Strider. Babip is about regular 294 for him, so there's nothing really to look at there. But in terms of the strikeout numbers, in terms of the elite elite walk rate that you're getting out of Joe Ryan, there's really not many pitchers that I'm going to be that much more interested in than Ryan heading into next season. The numbers have fallen off the off the tracks right now because he's allowing a stupid number of home runs recently. With 17 home runs in his last seven starts, that's why you look at xFIP and not FIP. They can both be useful. But XFIP uses league average home run rate. FIP will just look at the actual home runs allowed. He's not going to give up this many home runs consistently. It's not going to happen. No one's going to give up. Well, not many people anyway are ever going to give up 17 home runs over the course of seven starts. It's a horrible stretch for him. It's very unlucky. It's something you can look at and say, oh, yes, it's because of this. It's just a bad stretch of luck for him. Realistically, he's not going to give up anywhere close to that number. That's why you look at the XFIP and say, okay, league average home run to fly ball rate. He's going to likely give you this if you're just looking at the actual home runs he's given up recently you can't look at that and project forward with it because it's not something that is going to sustain the strikeout and walk rate will sustain the sierra at 344 that is what you can look at for ryan he's a low to mid threes era guy with great control who's going to give you a hell of a lot of strikeouts and he's pitching for probably the best team in his division so i don't see why we wouldn't buy back in to joe ryan next year he is i think going to reach those same heights that we saw earlier this year it was a horrible turn of events, getting hurt and having a bad few stretches right before that. And you know what? Same In the same vein as Jesus Luzardo, let it happen. And we'll get him cheaper than we should have next year. Because realistically, Joe Ryan should be viewed as a top 15, at worst, top 20 starting pitcher in baseball, I think. And we're not going to be paying that price for him next season simply because of the actual results. This will vary if you're playing in the NFBC versus Yahoo versus CBS fan tracks. It'll vary a little bit. I, I think, in general, the NFBC players take fantasy the most seriously out of the people who play on any platform. You'll probably see a lot of these names we mentioned today go a little bit higher in the NFBC than you would in your standard Yahoo ESPN drafts. That is because these numbers need to be dug into more so than saying, oh, Joe Ryan, he had a 4.43 ERA last year. No good. No good. Can't draft him. That's, there's way more that goes into it than that. People might point to the injury right now. It's a groin injury. It is not the elbow, it's not the shoulder, nothing to do with the arm at all. So that is a good sign, not something you can look at and say that there's no concern, but it's not something that will impact his pitching too much. Maybe over the course of the rest of the last few weeks here, if he comes back, we don't see 100% Joe Ryan trying to get the Twins into the playoffs. Maybe he comes back a little sooner than he should, whatever. But I think by the time 2024 comes around, he'll have a long layoff where he can fully heal, and I think we'll see the Joe Ryan that we saw to begin 2023 once again. These five names, I am going to try and have them on as many of my teams as I possibly can. They are not going to be that expensive, and I think that they all have the potential to have ace-quality seasons in 2024. So once again, Hunter Brown, Braxton Garrett, Jesus Lazardo, Aaron Nola, and Joe Ryan. Nola and Ryan are going to be fairly expensive. Regardless of, you know, uh, maybe not regardless, but in terms of uh, comparatively speaking, I should say, sorry guys, to the other guys on this list. Nola still can be a top 100 pick. Joe Ryan will probably be close to it. Lazardo, maybe he's bordering on that range as well. But they're going to be cheaper than they should be, is the, is the point I'm trying to make here today. It's not that uh, whatever you can, you can read into it and say, like, these guys are the five best, whatever. Uh, people, people always try and misinterpret things online. I tweeted this out earlier today, and you get a little bit of pushback for certain things. 
these guys, I think, as of right now, are going to be the best value starting pitchers heading into 2024. Get them on as many of your teams as you possibly can, and I think the results will come through for them. Will it for all of them? I'm hoping for four out of five, three out of five. Uh, that's generally how these things work. You can never get it fully right sometimes, even when pitchers should be doing a lot better. They don't. We saw it this season from these guys, so it's not you know, set in stone that they are going to be amazing next year. But I think you're setting yourself up for success if you are able to buy the dip on these five names. So, again, you guys can go to my Twitter and check it out. There's a list of them there as well if you want to read into the actual stats. I've tweeted it out earlier today. That's at JoeOrico99. I've also shared it out over at Ethos Fantasy BB as well. And from the Sports Ethos page, uh, it also got posted out from there. But guys, uh, make sure you are subscribing to the pod. Like I said off the top, really important that we keep those downloads coming in throughout the offseason. Helps me. It helps you. It helps everybody. Uh, it's easier for you guys, mostly. It doesn't really help you that much. I guess it does, depending on how you want to look at it. You just don't have to go and find links. If you're somebody who listens regularly, the show will be right there for you every single day. So hit subscribe. Leave some nice reviews. We'll be back again tomorrow. We'll do another mailbag show because it is Tuesday. It is my long work day. And that's how we typically do it on Tuesdays. I'll answer your questions from Twitter. Send that tweet out tomorrow, uh, late morning, early afternoon, depending on your time zone. But guys, I really appreciate all of you hanging out again. Go check out Ethos Fantasy BB and SportsEthos.com. We are launching a ton of content across all of our major sports. Again, I don't want to push you guys away from baseball, but football and basketball are ramping up. We have a ton of content. Our football draft guide has been long released now. It continues to be updated. Basketball will be coming soon, and we are dropping more and more basketball content as well. So go check it out there. You can go to Twitter. You know, Ethos Fantasy BK is the basketball page, sportsethos.com. You'll find it. You guys will find those in general. Even if you just go to Twitter and put in Sports Ethos uh, in your search bar, you'll find all those affiliate pages for our different um, our different divisions. But, guys, that's enough rambling out of me. We'll see you back here again tomorrow for the mailbag. But until then, take care. Have a great night. And cheers. Bye.